0: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com where we cover the Minnesota Vikings and as always I'm joined by Chris Shad who writes for us here at the Viking Age as well as bringing the news and zone coverage. Uh, Before we get started today if you're watching on YouTube make sure to subscribe to our channel and like our video. Uh, Follow the Viking Age on Twitter, Facebook for all of our Articles and updates, and then uh, this version of this podcast is available in audio form on Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, All right, Chris, I I do have a little trivia for you before we get started. So, all right, today is Eric Allen's birthday. Former Vikings pass rusher, he racked up an impressive eighty-five and a half sacks in six seasons with the Vikings from two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen. Now, he clearly led the Vikings in sacks during his tenure with the team. But do you know who ranked second in sacks for the Vikings from
1: 2008 to 2013? 2008 to 2013. So Everson Griffin came aboard late 2000s, or late 2010s. Yep. So he's not it. I'm going to go with, oh, <laughs> well, it's 50 50 in my mind. Okay. Jerome
0: Ray Edwards. Nope. It is Brian. Robison. That was that was the other guy. <laughs>
1: that was the other guy. um No, I I thought Brian Robinson and I knew Ray Edwards started across from Jared Allen uh, mm-hmm. at least for the first couple of years. Yep. um So I was like, okay, B Rob is probably the answer, but he's going to try and trick me. So I'm gonna oh, yeah. guess Ray Edwards.
0: Brian Robinson with uh, 34 and a half sacks, so like 50 less sacks than Jared Allen in the same time period uh kevin we loved
1: brian robinson though oh I yeah mean, i
0: mean I still like him. i still follow him on uh, instagram or whatever yeah um kevin williams was third 26 and then ray edwards was fourth 20 21 and a half and then everson griffin was fifth with 17 and a half Antoine Winfield had in.
1: just like one good season in 09 and
0: that was it uh i feel like oh he was pretty good too right yeah what? Yeah, oh, yeah. I guess oh, oh nine, he had eight and a half sacks, and then two thousand ten, he had eight too. And then he went mm-hmm. to the Falcons and later an out of the league. Uh, now now a like, boxing what? career. Yeah, I was going to say, what is he doing now? Nah. Um. All right. So today we're going to start off by talking about Dalvin Cook, who um. We'll just say a a sales pitch was made on behalf of Vikings running back Dalvin Cook today, thanks to uh, NFL Media's Tom Pelissero, because. Uh, Right and early this morning, Pellicero tweeted that Dalvin Cook was recently in Minnesota for a post-surgery checkup on his shoulder and is said to be making excellent progress, uh, per his sources, according to Pellicero. He also mentioned that his injured shoulder is now 100% stable and stronger. Now, somebody told me a little while ago that the NFL media insiders like Ian Rappaport, Garofalo, and Pellicero they get most of their information from teams and guys like Schefter and all the other guys. They get most of their information from agents. So knowing that, <laughs> this is the Vikings being like, hey, we just we just checked on Dalvin and his shoulder looks like it's immaculate. So you should spread this out to the world so everyone can just call us and we can. It's like, like he never got hurt at all. Wonderful yeah. trait. He's got a brand new shoulder. It's bionic now. It's you titanium. Know, he, he can, you know. he can do whatever you want.
1: 2023 <laughs> right. uh, left shoulder model made by. Yeah,
0: Portland. so, it's, so it's, he's probably getting traded, um, especially because there was a report recently that also came out. I think it was from Brad Biggs of uh, Chicago Tribune mm-hmm. about how the Vikings were also interested in David Montgomery. David Montgomery, who started like 45 games uh, for the last four years. So he wasn't coming here to be a backup for Dalvin. Um So they're pretty much done with Dalvin. Pretty much. Writing's on the wall. But my question for you is Would it be better for the Vikings to trade Dalvin before the draft and use those picks for this year, or wait until after June 1st and save 11 million in cap space as opposed to 7.9 saved if you trade him before June 1st?
1: I guess the thing that I would say about trading him after June first is, what are you trading him for? Like, oh, we got eleven million dollars in cap space in twenty twenty three. Are you going to go out in the market and sign, you know, the Bashad Brelands of the world? Like, there, there's not yeah. really sign, but somebody, somebody who's a June first cut, Odell, uh, possibly. I don't know, but the Ravens, though. I mean, <laughs> how can he turn that franchise down right now? <laughs> um, you know, I. I think there is at least one big move coming with the Vikings backfield like that. If there's been a theme, yeah, the defense has been um, the defense has been the number one priority, rightfully so. But I think the running game has been the number two storyline is that they have come out and they have basically said we did not like the efficiency that the running game had last year, this boomer bust two yards in a cloud of dust type thing. I didn't mean to rhyme there, but I totally did. Um, you know, it's a lot like 2016 where the Vikings were last in rushing yards. They were last in yards per carry. And then they told, they showed Adrian Peterson the door. He didn't have a shoulder kind of holding them back. So they just said, eh, see ya. They signed Latavius Murray to like a three year, $15 oh, yeah. million dollar contract. Yeah, Yep. Which is about the same that David Montgomery got from the Lions. Yep. And then they went ahead and they traded Dalvin Cook or, uh, excuse me, draft, traded up to draft Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. So I look at this offseason, the Vikings came out of the gates. Their first free agent signing was a blocking tight end. Yep. Uh, they apparently called David Montgomery to be their starting running back. Yep. That didn't work. So they just re signed Alexander Madison. And now, and then they extended TJ Ham. I think, I think Cook's getting traded. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a matter of if it's a matter of when. Um, it, it, And I think like the dynamic here is I think teams are going to go into the draft and they're going to see what they can get. I think they're going to see a like, team like Buffalo, for example. Like if B. John's not there, like the Cowboys inevitably take him uh, with their first round pick like they're going to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That that's like the worst kept secret in the league right now. It's like they will take Jerry can't help himself. He'd be like, hey, I like that B John guy. Let's go draft him. And like uh Mike McCarthy's in the corner, just like watching SpongeBob, like, you guys okay over there?
0: Um you see him in the picture, in the coach's picture? Yeah. Like slouching over there in the corner.
1: <laughs> they got a hell of a buffet. I, I remember um talking about oh. Matt Rule apparently oh, just my like God. Boogieing on that's the all-time. I yeah. wish I wish I would have seen that. Cause like, you know that guy like was like Farva and Super Troopers. It's like, open bar, dude! Open
0: bar! I guess it's like a fifth grader, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. It reminds <laughs> me of my friend Rob. Um, I'll have to tell you some good stories about old Rob. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's one more big move yeah. coming for yeah. the yeah. Vikings. And I and I think it's an addition. I, You know, people are like, well, they're not going to draft a running back late in the thing. Alexander Madison hasn't done enough to be a starting running back in the NFL. No. Every time his carries have gone down every year. And like the most telling thing for me with Alexander Madison last year was week 18. Dalvin Cook hurts his calf or whatever in that game against the Bears. He goes out. There was no reason Dalvin Cook should go in that game. You know what happened? Dalvin Cook went back into the game. Like if Alexander Madison was worth anything, they would have just. Wrote it out with Madison the rest of the game. But Dalvin Cook went in, he finished the game, and that was it. So yeah.
0: I think I think the only way you trade Dalvin Cook is after June first, is if um you don't think the compensation is really worth, you know, just dealing him now. And you might be better off waiting for after the draft is like you said, see if people didn't get the running backs that they wanted, and that you've got Dalvin Cook, you know, right here for the taking. So like if they're, if a team's like, we'll give you a sixth or a seventh and you're like, eh, no, I don't really want that. Um And then you can, you'd be better off taking that offer after June 1st. Cause you would clear like three more million in cap space. Right. Um So if you didn't like the package, you would at least get more money. Um But then there's a scenario too, where like, I was going to ask you this, like, should the Vikings consider holding Delvin until if they don't trade him before the draft or right after the draft, should they consider holding him? until the middle of the upcoming season to see if they can get a better return package for the trade deadline. Or is that too much of a risk because maybe Dalvin cook gets hurt.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's like a Daniel Hunter situation where he's got a sh- shitty contract number. He doesn't want to play for it and right. he's, he's not going to play on it. Like Dalvin cook will play on a $14 million cap hit. Like he'll, he'll have a big, <laughs> big grin on my face because he he'll have one at that point. Right. But right. I, I think that's that's the thing that we're kind of holding our breath Then the first, you know, six, seven weeks of the season. And if you're in contention, you know, it, do the Vikings want to trade Dalvin? Cook right. At that point. Right. Right. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, I mean, I don't think the Vikings are going to be like, you know, you would look at it similarly to what happened in Carolina where Christian McCaffrey got traded because the Panthers sucked. Like, I don't think the Vikings are going to suck next year. They might be average, which they have been for arguably the last 50, 60 years. But um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be so bad that they're like, trade everybody, get rid of everybody now.
0: Yeah, and it's not even if Delvin gets hurt. It could be if Madison or Ty Chandler gets hurt, then it's like... Why would you trade Dalvin cookaway? away? He's like your only healthy running back. That wouldn't make a lot of sense.
1: Um you could just hold him next year and just get the money anyway. Yeah. That you um, want. Because that's so, what this is
0: about. So should they just should they draft a running back no matter what, or should they at least wait until after they trade Dalvin? You know, I really like this running back class. Yeah.
1: Um, I think there's a lot of talent in there, and I think taking one, uh, I think his name's Dwayne McBride from yep. U yep. Uh, UAB. I wasn't sure if that was the Kenny powers dude. So I'm glad I got it right. Um, it's not Danny McBride. That, that's Danny McBride. Okay. It started with a D okay. I, I I'm happy. I'm actually glad that it, you know, it was somewhat <laughs> close, but um, I like him. He doesn't have a lot of pass chops. That's, a, I mean, that's another thing that Kevin O'Connell mentioned, like having a guy that can catch passes because yeah. Dalvin cook catches a lot of screens, yep. but he, doesn't really do much with them, and he's not really a receiver. So, I mean, I think somebody like Kansas State's Deuce Vaughn, who is undersized. He's, little guy. Yeah. yeah, little guy, but he can he can catch the ball. He can run routes and everything else. I know people are helmet scouting him and comparing him to Darren Sproles, but I think that yeah. he is a very similar player, where he's a guy that can uh, move around a little bit. Um, I don't know how he tested, but I know people are talking about George's Kenny McIntosh uh, as a late-round pick as well. Is a guy that can do a little bit of running and a little bit of receiving. So I think what Kevin O'Connell wants to do with his running backs is just find like a whole couple cheap ones and turn them into like one big functional machine. Um, yeah. He doesn't want to pay $14 million for a running back. He wants to find somebody. So, I mean, taking a guy in the later rounds, especially if you trade back and get more picks, I think the odds go up of them taking a back, but. I mean, I'm not taking, you know, the guy that I would really like to see the Vikings taken. And There's no way it happens, but Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Yeah. Um, he is a guy that can run. He can catch the ball. He's very dynamic um, and he's very, you know, he, he's good at both. Like he's, he reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara just with the way that he can, you know, be a weapon in the backfield. And I think that's the type of running back that uh, Kevin O'Connell is looking for. The problem is, it's probably going to go second round, third, and the Vikings have more pressing needs. So I was going to say, would if they
0: took one in the third, would you have a problem with that?
1: Actually, no. Depending on who it is, right? Like, um, I mean, this is this is the class to do it. I mean, yeah. some some years you take a you take a running back in the third, and it's Alexander Madison. Um, you know, the article that I wrote for you over the weekend about Herb Smith, it was interesting to look at because uh, the Vikings took Alexander Madison over Tony Pollard. <laughs> yeah, so. Thanks, Gary.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I just actually just did a mock draft and went up on the Viking A's today. And I traded Delvin Cook and I drafted uh, Dwayne McBride in the third round out of UAB. So, yes, we have similar thoughts. But I think he met with the Vikings already. So he was kind of already mm-hmm. in my head. That's why I uh, went with him. And I also drafted. Uh, Who's the Houston quarterback? Clayton um, Toon. Yeah, I drafted him in the sixth round. I was like, eh, what the heck? Because he threw like 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And I'm like, I watched some highlights. I'm like, he can, can check it. It's not a, you know, I'm sure he's in a simple offense or whatever, but that's better than a first round pick on and Hooker. I'd rather yes. I have, have that. Um, don't uh, try and trigger me again. Like, whatever <laughs> you, you do. Why? You don't want to talk about, uh, who is it, Bruce Feldman now that did it? Bruce um, Feldman put him in the first round too. To the Vikings, yep.
1: I did see Sam Farmer did not put him in the first round. Okay, all right. It, it just seems like maybe there's a smoke screen there that you really like and the knucker.
0: People know the Vikings are we're talking I'm going to talk about this in our next topic, but people know the, the the Vikings are sniffing around for a quarterback. They they're not doesn't seem like they're being too shy about it. No. Um, so, yeah, that's why a lot of people are like all of a sudden after the combine like when people got back, they're like, oh, we're just going to mock quarterbacks of the Vikings a lot more because they they clearly want one. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that's it. That's it on Dalvin for today. We're, he's going to get traded. We just don't know. Don't know when. Um, but when not if. But according to Pellicero, he is making excellent. This is according to Pellicero, not anyone else. You think he just like it must have been like you said it was early in the
1: morning, like Tom Pellicero just fires up the Keurig, like has his little mug there, just like he got message. the emails yeah. today. Oh, it's one from the Vikings. Says huh, yeah. okay,
0: just yeah. copy paste, throw it yeah. out. Yeah. 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 All right, so uh, Chad Reuter, R- Reuter, Writer, uh, Writer, um, okay, Reuter the writer, um, at NFL.com, long time draft. Analyst. He published something today called five round one trades that would make sense and included the Vikings in one of these trades. So uh here is the trade scenario that he has that makes sense for the Vikings in the first round, according to Chad Reuter. Uh the Vikings would receive the number 10 pick in the first round this year from the Eagles, but then the Eagles would get Minnesota's first this year, which is 23, and their third this year, which I believe is 87, and then another first round pick in 2024. Uh, Reuter did this mostly because he mentioned that never in the history of the NFL draft have more than two quarterbacks been taken within the first nine picks. So he's going off that. And he's so he's assuming that uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud will be the two that are off the board. And so Anthony Richardson and Will Levis will be available by the time pick 10 comes around. Um, So he's assuming the Vikes would want well, one of those players because they've been, you know, quote-unquote, doing their homework. Um, so they are They would make a trade with the Eagles, give up two firsts and a third to get the number 10 pick this year. Chris, would you make this trade if it resulted in the Vikings getting Anthony Richardson or Will Levis?
1: Uh, if it involves Anthony Richardson, absolutely. Will Levis have a little bit of questions about that. Yep. But I th- I'll say it right now. I think Anthony Richardson is the perfect quarterback for the Vikings. I, he's a long-term project. He's a guy that can sit you can let him develop he's mobile uh he's got a cannon of an arm i know the accuracy numbers and a lot of people like to freak out about that but i think he's w- a player that is what they want in a quarterback and he's young enough that there is a layer of upside you know you get will levis he's going to be 24 i think 2 months mm-hmm. after the draft 4 years down the road when it's time to renew that fifth year option he's already 28 years old and he could get 8 years out of that i mean i would rather if it's between will levis and hendon hooker i'm taking will levis all the way just because (laughs) of that and he's not coming off a knee injury either right like that that's another thing to consider like hendon hooker's not only an outlier he's got a knee injury that he's rehabbing from so i if it's anthony richardson and that's what it takes um i would do it i would have questions about what the vikings would do through the rest of the draft because yes. they yes. have some definite holes on that roster and you don't want to give up next year's first round pick and then all of a sudden be like oh shoot where and I don't think this will happen I think the Vikings will be an average team but if things get really get bad like are you five and 12 I have to do the numbers again because that damn eight 17 game schedule but like are you five and 12 and the Eagles are picking in the top five it's like oh we could have gotten Caleb Williams or drake may or but if you're
0: bad me you might be able to trade you know maybe like daniel hunter at the trade deadline and pick up maybe like a first or an early second and just so, go
1: hard in 2024
0: yeah so and, and it's well it seems like that's that has been the vikings plan so far this offseason is really just to build towards 2024 and so making a trade like this at least for richardson i feel like would hmm. would be following that formula um it seems like they're okay if they're not as good as they were last year or or, or they're middle of the pack. so making a trade like this and losing draft picks probably wouldn't affect them as much as it would maybe last year or or next year
1: and i don't think like you know the thought popped into my head like what what would justin jefferson think about this well first of all he's in on their decisions right now like they're they're keeping him informed so they probably just sit him down and be like all right we're not tanking next year obviously because we don't have a first round pick that doesn't make sense but we're giving up next year's first so we can get you a long-term quarterback yep. who has a bazooka attached to his neck yep. like i i uh tyler forniss actually had a good cop for will levis too uh he's kirk cousins
0: but with josh allen's arm oh that's not <laughs> so <he's> well not... <laughs> I, I mean anytime it, i see a comparison to kirk cousins i'm like i want nothing to do with that quarterback
1: yeah but I don't know. Like, I think Will Levis is like willing to make the throws that Kirk won't. For sure. Like, that's that's. Like, why I, I think yeah. that's the big difference between the two. A lot that. of a lot of quarterbacks are willing to make the throws that Kirk won't. <laughs> Got to get that passer rating up on fourth and eight with the Although, season on the
0: I would put Sam Bradford in the same category as Kirk, like because he didn't make a lot of those risky throws either he was big on completion percentage and uh you know but then his needs fell apart um uh, yeah i agree with you though like trading all this for will levis for number 10 i don't know if i'd be too excited about that um because of the stuff the vikings have to fix but if it's for someone of richardson's caliber i think that it's it's a good move to make i, I know chad reuter also mentioned also mentioned the chiefs trading up to get patrick mahomes who was i th- i believe he was pick number 10 um so something similar. And Deshaun Watson was also picked between like 10 and uh, 20 as well. So there's still good quarterbacks you can get between picks 10 and 20. Um, and a lot of teams have to move up to get them. So if the Vikings feel like they can get one. And I, I want to say that Kweisi Adolfa has a pretty good relationship with the Eagles. I know he made the trade with Jalen Rager. And um, I think there's a couple of people in there that he, I think, who's the the, the Catherine lady that he they interviewed? For like, oh maybe like maybe his yeah, assistant GM. She's still in there. Yeah. Um, so he's got he's got some connections in there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to work something out. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I yes, for Richardson, I I would be fine. But yeah, I agree with you. Will, Will Levis just uh, what would, would I would give up maybe like one this year's first and third for Will Levis. I wouldn't I wouldn't give up the other first for for Will Will Levis. I think that would be as far as I'd be willing to go for. If this trade was to get him, if it was for Richardson, fine, keep it the way it is. But if it's for Will Levis, then eh, probably not. Yeah,
1: I I would have to wait a couple more picks to go with Levis, and even then, <laughs> like I, I don't know, you're kind of kind of reaching there. But most people think Levis is like a top 10, 15 pick, so I mean that's fine. Like Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I I can't get off of it. I I can't get off of it. Like it was much to the Vikings hey, again. <laughs> If they draft a twenty five year old quarterback in the first round,
0: I will lose my shit. I, I yeah, because I of
1: desperation is what I,
0: it is. I just think it's people knowing that the Vikings want a quarterback and they're like, Well, he's the only one left at twenty three, and I haven't made them trade up. So And you know, I
1: pray to God that's not how the Vikings think.
0: They're it not was how the old regime thought, yeah, but they're they're not going to. We saw Quizy last last year made a lot of trades in the draft. Did his best rick spielman impression except he made a lot of trades where he would get picks in the earlier rounds he wasn't sticking around for seven seventh round picks um so his trades were a little more productive even though the Vikings didn't get a lot of the, out of the rookie class last year still plenty of time for them to get that out but uh yeah it was i i like the, the little trade scenario there and i i think it's interesting i think it's realistic um so it's something to Time to keep in mind now for the most important topic of the podcast which is the reaction to the two days of WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood, California. Actually, I think uh where is SoFi Stadium? It's I think it's in Inglewood. Inglewood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not not Hollywood, you know, but That
1: looks enough. like a really nice stadium by the way. I have like very little interest of going to LA, but yeah. I, I mean yeah. that that looks like an awesome stadium. It I is. will say that watching it's it on
0: It's state TV. of the art. It's definitely a yes. state of the art. But then they're going to Philly. <laughs> Philly. <laughs> Dumb. In
1: April? Better yeah, be late April. What is the weather in Philly? I'm
0: going to look that up. It's not, anyway, it's not good. Talk um, away. Uh, Well, I just want to know, uh, you know, what did you like the most about uh, this WrestleMania weekend?
1: What did I like the most? So there's a lot to choose from. It's 57 today in Philadelphia, by the way. and It's going to get up to 83 on Thursday. So,
0: Which means it will get to like Forty a night when people are still, yeah, wrestling. <laughs> I don't know. 40's
1: good, like running weather, but I guess like I'm not wearing like you am not
0: running speedo. in the stands, though. I'm not
1: in a speedo. Uh, right. Like right, you know, <laughs> a baby oil you know. all over you. Yeah. Um, what did I like the most? So I guess night one. You know, one of the things that I've been thinking of a lot, one of my favorite things about wrestling is like seeing a young wrestler's light bulb go on and you know how you know they're finding their character. They're finding their groove. Dominic Mysterio's entrance on night one was freaking awesome with the, you know, film thing where he's in the jail cell. Yeah. And then he, he has the police escort to the ring and he's wearing Ray's mask. Like that was awesome. I loved it. And you know, I think back to like 2020 when he debuted at SummerSlam and like, what, why isn't he in NXT? I don't understand this probably because like NXT was, it was really hard to do anything in NXT in 2020 mm-hmm. compared to anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely seeing why they see a lot of potential in him. And like, I think of him like three or four years down the road. Like he could be a guy who threatens for a main event spot at WrestleMania down the road. I I really believe that. So I I liked that match. Um, they didn't put him over though. They right. didn't put that was, him over. I, that was but weird. I, I, I didn't look I, bad though. No, I I don't think like you looked at him and you're like, oh, he sucks. Like I I actually. But they're but, clearly
0: setting something up for backlash. In right. Rico.
1: With uh, bad money. Oh who yes. helps Rey oh, Mysterio. Yes. Win. Oh yes. Um. Rhea Charlotte was a great match. Yeah. Love that. Uh. The triple threat match between Seamus Gunther and Drew McIntyre. I still got to watch. That was absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, I know there was a stoppage during hell in a cell. Um, and everybody's like, whoa, blood. Blood. like, yeah, why would yeah, you, yeah. and like Finn Balor tweeted out, it looked like, a, you know, edge took a hatchet to his skull. Um, so I saw him like, yeah, that makes sense. I would have stopped <laughs> it too. Like can't, Probably can't rest. They like numbed him at, at ringside and put staples in his head. And they're oh, like, wow. All right, you're good to go. And Finn was like, All
0: right, <laughs> let's finish this. I don't I didn't like the ending of that. Like I was like, That's it? This is it? Like that's Oh, the concerto? Did. Yeah, I thought well, like
1: it made sense considering it he had did. like a foot long wound in his skull. It's but for
0: for sure, it's poetic. Like, yeah, they didn't want to probably throw him off the top of the cage after that, which is sad. They
1: they might have <laughs> cut some stuff out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, literally.
1: That, That's
0: fine. Yeah, I liked, I liked pretty. Yeah, I think I liked the the Ray and Dominic match the most. Um, I liked the George Kittle appearance uh, coming in. Pat McAfee obviously doing the Swanton. If I told you that Triple H was in charge of day one and Vince McMahon was in charge of day three or day two, would you? (laughs) Yeah, I could see. What do you say about that? I could see it. Yeah, it It seemed seemed like
1: well and they asked him too. uh uh, vince obviously they sold to endeavor which owns ufc which is hilarious because now all the frat bros who are like pro wrestling sucks it's like well ufc is basically pro wrestling for bros so um yeah but they asked him they're like are you part of creative and he's like well yes and no i i think i don't think he's in full charge of creative but i think that they let him pick and choose his spots as he's not, he's not worrying
0: about the, uh, the Otis storyline with, uh, the maximum. Male
1: Correct. <laughs> he's doing things like having Brock Lesnar pick up a 430 pound yeah. man, yeah. which was awesome. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, as long as triple H is handling the bulk of things, which I'm not entirely, uh, <laughs> I, I know it's on your thing, but like the main event, Cody Rhodes against
0: Roman. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you were, what, what well, you didn't like
1: that. yeah the end um you know i i was actually like disappointed that cody lost which mm-hmm. is good it means that the storyline grabs you in right mm-hmm. I, there were a lot of people mad like you know the exact story but triple h was at the press conference saying like well the story never ends really yeah. and roman was saying too like we're in the bottom of the third inning here when it comes to this bloodline stories. So. i the third. I know. I, yeah. He's been champ for a thousand days. I think Jesus that's, <laughs> that's the mo- I mean, I had, I had no problem with Roman retaining. Like I knew that was a possibility coming in because Cody hasn't had any adversity since he's come back to W. It's yeah. just been win after win, after win, after win. And, you know, even when he had adversity, like the torn pectoral muscle, like he just won the match and then he Ooh. went away for like nine months. Like it, it would have just seemed like it was easy baked for him to win the like, he just showed up and they said, oh, yeah, we'll give you the title. No problem. Um, I don't like the fact that the bloodline got involved for like the 10,000th Roman yeah, Reigns title defense that. in a row. Um, That was a little annoying. But I think kind of building Cody up, having him hit some adversity and whatever. I mean, we always complain about how, you know, wrestling can be predictable at times. And then all of a sudden they throw this unpredictable curve and everybody starts complaining about it.
0: Um, (laughs) it's was like when Brock beat the undertaker. No, right. Nobody nobody thought that was going to happen.
1: Right. Or Brock beat Roman a couple years ago at 34. Um, you know, it's disappointing. I'm a Cody Mark, but, um, (laughs) I have enough faith if triple H is running creative, that there's something bigger in play here. I just hope, I hope it's not, Oh yeah, we're just setting up the rock for next year's WrestleMania. Cause like that that's like viking style thinking like oh yeah it'll be better next year like we'll, we'll just give kirk another one-year extension yeah. it's like the rock's gonna bail on you again not like and not like i blame the rock for that like right. if i'm him i'm rather doing a movie than you know going and getting my ass kicked by the XFL, Roman Reigns th- yeah i mean the guy's got a lot going on mm-hmm. so it's it's more wwe for thinking well, this will be, be the year. This will be the year. This is this will be like the fourth straight year you've tried to book The Rock against Roman Reigns, and he's been like, "Yeah, I'm too busy, man."
0: We'll sign. We'll sign Brett Favre again. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was surprised by the ending, but I don't know. I wasn't too too disappointed. I guess because I thought it was an exciting match. There was a lot of close yeah. pinfalls. A lot of uh, I liked the Sammy and and uh, um, Kevin, Kevin Owens running yeah. running. That was nice. I thought that was going to be the ending when they both yeah. were finishers. That would have been perfect. Um, but that's how they get you. And then the solo thing, like, I feel like there's something brewing there. Like Cody's probably going to face him like somewhere down the line. Um, and then the Usos, like, who knows what's going on with that? Because they they lost, but they're still doing their thing. But yeah, it's, it'll be it'll be interesting. A lot of I, I I don't know. It's it's not what people wanted, but wrestling's not meant to you know give you always what you want. It, it you have to like give people what they don't want so many times before you give them what they want because then because they yeah, gotta eat keep, your vegetables because now they're gonna because now people are gonna keep coming back like every time Roman puts the title up there and be like okay can this guy beat him and they're gonna you're gonna want to watch it. but um yeah it's it's all right um what yeah Cody will probably get I, oh what I was gonna say is um they did this with Jeff Hardy like a lot of people before oh. his his title run like back in the day people are like oh now it's his time he's gonna He's going to get it now. And I think he won it. And then Edge did like the money in the bank or whatever. Somebody did the money in the bank and took it immediately away from him. And everyone was like, oh, what the heck? Like, Daniel Bryan. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He did that, that too. Um, so like, it's just, it's how it goes sometimes. You got to, and, and who knows if like Cody was in on this, maybe he was like, I, I don't want one right now. Like give this, keep, keep giving it to Roman. He's on, on top of the world or whatever. He's leading the company and the sale might've had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. um because who do you want at the top of your company the guy that's had the title for thousand days or whatever or some guy who just signed with the company a year ago re-signed i guess and you know it's j- just gonna have the title it, he, he's good you know as a good like representative or whatever but the guy you probably want at the front right now is roman Reigns, especially when you're just selling your company what what did you say what do you think of that sale is anything anything like I don't think it, I don't think it really changes. No, either. I don't think Does so. Does it?
1: Like I was I was just afraid they were gonna sell it to the Saudi.
0: I was gonna say know. I'm happy it's not them. Yeah, but like it, it was just kind of like anything but you. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, we'll see now I'm happens. hoping to see like some you know invasion angle.
1: Didn't didn't <laughs> AEW do something with that though? Like they America's did. Well, yeah. Didn't they, they
0: do uh, Masvidal? Right? Didn't Masvidal go in? Yeah. In the ring? Like, I don't like, think he was ever in a match. No.
1: I do remember meeting uh, Dan Lambert who owns American top team, right? Was uh, he was at uh busted open party. And was, it, that thing was really cool because
0: what's that was Paige? What's her name? Paige Van Zant? Or she whatever? was
1: not at that one, but they, they just had like wrestlers walking around the bar and like, you could go talk to him stuff. And Dan Lambert was there. And my buddy goes, yeah, I'm not singing Judas tonight. And he's like, yeah, fuck that song.
0: So <laughs> that was fun, but all yeah. right. This is our, our wrestling talk. We'll be back next year. And, in- in April, to talk about WrestleMania in Philadelphia.
1: Well, if if the Vikings draft Hendon Hooker, I might just have a wrestling filibuster in protest. Um, <laughs> just a full episode about wrestling. What do you Hustles. think, Hendon Hooker? Well, you know, this Bad Bunny Rey, Dominic Mysterio match is just going to be a banger at Backlash, Adam. I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> also, Vince McMahon, uh, is he auditioning to be Gomez Adams in uh, the next Adams Family movie? What's, what's going on Pink with that? Panther, uh, the, man. The mustache. my <laughs> God.
1: So don't, you, you don't want to look like I grew I grew this since but I mean like, this actually looks good. I don't you, think that pencil you stash You,
0: you don't want to look like you're <laughs> more guilty of the accusi- accusations that you're facing. <laughs> yeah. So that does that's not help it's it's seems just not going on like,
1: like the dating profile. He's one of those guys.
0: Like, he's he's one of those guys who has like a bunch of yes men around him so no one's mm-hmm. gonna be like oh yeah it looks terrible. Uh, looks no great one, boss. No looks <laughs> great. I'm gonna say that. Is this is <laughs> uh, that's terrible Alright uh, That'll do it for today uh, The show will be back On Thursday Chris will be At opening day If it's not snowed Or rained out Yes uh, Padres Got creamed On opening day They're 2-2 two and two now And San Diego State Playing land final four Nobody else cares But I'll be watching Even though I didn't watch On uh, Saturday Because I was watching The uh, Fatal 4-Way tag team Match and people were like you see the game? And I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> I'm WrestleMania. I had it on the opposite TV yeah. and I looked over and everybody was like running around. I'm yeah. like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. But,
0: so nah. that'll be it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to uh, the channel, like our videos, follow the Viking Age on Twitter, Facebook, and the audio form of this podcast will be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts in the morning. Uh, but until next time, Chris and I talk to you later.